It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Tuesday edition. We're going to remix it for you guys. We're keeping you fresh, keeping you on your toes. Five days a week, Rams content, you know what it is. But today, we've got a special guest from Rams Podcast. James Kroger is joining us. We're going to do a chat today. We're going to talk about uh, what his thoughts were on the game. We're going to take some fan questions. It is Big Ups Tuesday. And then we're going to talk about a little bit about the game that we have this coming weekend. But James, welcome to the show. How you doing, bud? Oh, man. Thanks for having me. And I got to tell you, that sweet sound of your Rams Nation bear is, is I'm glad to have it back because yeah, I didn't listen to your Thanksgiving show and I know your voice was a little bad then, but... Man, I feel like we are back in action, and I'm, I know just like everybody else, I'm, I was really happy to hear that, and uh, I was first one to hear it, so everybody that hears it tomorrow probably has that same relief. <laughs> yeah, man, I am slowly getting back to what, what my natural voice sounds like. It was actually funny, you had pointed it out, but uh, Boondi Williams on Facebook shot out and said, uh, you still sound crook as a dog, brother, speedy recovery Oof. bear. And, uh, Real talk. Yeah, he's he, he can't be more true because I was struggling and uh, here making it happen, though. I love doing the podcast, and James, I love having you on. Yesterday we did a solo one. Usually we have you on for Victory Monday, but we didn't have a game. Uh, so I talked you into coming today. Uh, it's been a while since we had a chat, and for those of you that don't listen to us over at Rams Podcast, what are you doing? Go check it out. Follow at Rams Podcast, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, they've got a Facebook group. We've got it all. We've got we've got it covered, my man. Me and you have got a lockdown, cornered the market. Uh, but we did an episode about an hour last week. It was awesome. It was gold. It was hyped up, getting ready for the Kansas City game. And your boy, Bear, deleted it like an idiot. And uh, we haven't talked on there in a while. We're going to join back up together, talk a Rams podcast. So, guys, make sure to go check that out. Give James a follow as well. At Kroger 3 He's super creative. He was the first one to get that account, and he's locked it down. <laughs> Kroger 3 on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's always retweeting a bunch of awesome stuff. And then you'll get some, you know, fun, like, healthy stuff mixed in with some tech stuff. He covers all the bases as well. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear. We are here talking football. James, 
I'm glad to have you back. I want to pick your brain because we haven't had to really sit down and have a chat about this game other than me and you texting back and forth a little bit. I was in Mexico. I got back. We had the holidays. So uh, just kind of talk to me about that game and your thoughts and maybe a couple points that you took away from that game. I've talked about it a handful of times since we've been back, but I would love to hear your thoughts about that game and and what your emotions were because I know you are the – uh, well, you know, lack of better word of the panicky one, you know, getting angry, yelling <laughs> at the TV. Uh, but what were your thoughts during that game? How does your heart go? How many beers did you drink? Talk to me, man. Man, it was a shout fest from the Kroger household, and I was the only one here. I can hear oh, myself no. echoing down the street. I was just going crazy in the fourth quarter, and I know you've talked about the game, and man, I've been waiting to talk to you about it, Bear, but it was just ultimately exciting first off the city of los angeles that really needed that win as a city and how cool was it to see the coliseum just completely packed out before that game and everything that the uh, people who produced the pregame show did before that just to get the hearts into it and that was just an amazing thing for the city of los angeles the type of game that was but now we're talking about the highest scoring monday night football game of all time i think the third highest scoring game of all time the NFL just in a scoring machine these days, and that was such an exciting game. And we talk about, you know, what about the defense? Where's the defense at? Well, how many touchdowns did our defense have? How yeah. imperative was this defense in this game, specifically Aaron Donald? I know you've been seeing some of those stats on Twitter about AD lately, and they're just, my goodness, dude, they just are almost unbelievable. But what a game he had, and you know, a lot of these guys just stepped it up. Ibukum had an amazing game. Josh Reynolds got his. He almost got that second touchdown. I was really hoping for that. You know what's funny? You're talking about social media earlier. I had the two best surveys in the world go out because yeah. I think it was the second quarter of the game. I said, you know, because Josh Reynolds is in there for Cooper Cup, I said, what do you guys think Josh Reynolds scoring a touchdown tonight? And yes or no. And then immediately he scored his touchdown. And then I said, okay, I, I don't remember exactly when this was in the game, but I said, okay, now this seems to be working. Survey, <laughs> who thinks Marcus Peters is going to get an interception this game? And then what, it happened. Oh so I think I'm going to start doing survey. some more surveys. <laughs> survey Kroger, survey says, interception. But, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was great, but also awkward because as soon as I put it up, like it had already happened. So people are voting yes. It was like 99% yes on the, yeah. the Reynolds touchdown. But hey, it worked. And I, I don't know how to – this was definitely probably the best game I've seen. You know, that Super Bowl is up there with the Patriots comeback. Yeah. But Rams, this is one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. And I just – it was so exciting to watch. Yeah, I think it has to go down as, you know, definitely one of the best regular season games. You know, you can always put an epic Super Bowl game, maybe a playoff game. There's a couple really good playoff games up there. But for a regular season game to have this much excitement – I think they ended up saying it was the number one Monday night football game since, you know, 15 years back or something crazy like that. So, you know, the nation was watching 9-1 versus 9-1, prolific offense against crazy offense. And you're right. You, the, one of the first things you said is our defense played well enough, right? Everyone was like, well, how are you going to say that's a good football team? They gave up 50 points. Well, yeah, you're right. We, they, we gave up one. Our offense gave up one of those touchdowns as well. Jared Goff got stripped right into the end zone. So we didn't give up all those points. And, yeah, uh-huh. our defense doesn't look great, but it comes down to making plays. And the defense made plays. I talked about it in that Turkey Day podcast. 
you know what? If you give up 50 points, but you create five turnovers and you win the turnover battle plus three, I think I'm going to give a little tip of the cap to the defense. I'm okay with that. And you mentioned your man Marcus Peters got an interception, his second mm-hmm. of the season. It brings you equal to the Seahawks bet that we've been kind of following all along, unless they, unless uh, he had gotten one on the Seahawks. can't remember what the guy is on the Seahawks that you're tracking. Griffin. Griffin, yeah, so I, I don't think – I think Griffin's still at two. So it was nice. So right when he got that pick, I thought of you. I was like, oh, James has got to love this. Marcus Peters with a pick. <laughs> uh, we saw a lot of guys step up and make some plays. And as we're talking about this defense, we might as well mention it now because, you know, something that we maybe uh, could have broke earlier in the show. But Aqib Tlaib has now been designated for return. He is yes. set to make his debut uh, this week in, in Detroit. They talked about it a little bit today at the presser about his return and that Thursday is probably going to be the best practice for him to really indicate if he's ready to play. But all signs are that he's ready to go. Um, McVay also mentioned he's had some really great workouts in the past week or so and that he is anxious to get back. Talib spoke on it and he basically said, this starts a brand new season. This is the final push to the playoffs and that he is ready to turn it back and he is back and ready for action. So we expect him to play, but how big is that getting him back? I'm super excited for Tlaib to come back, Bear, and I think it's going to be a huge factor in his offense. On top of the skill set that Tlaib brings to the table and the threat that he brings on the other side of the field compared, uh, against Marcus Peters, think about the leadership and the communication and the chemistry that Tlaib's going to be able to provide you. You know, He's going to be in the game with Peters and be able to provide immediate feedback on if he sees anything about Peters, you know, maybe falling in the eyes or trying to jump ball too soon. And they're going to work together to help the rest of this defense out. It's going to help the defensive line out. It's going to help the rest of the secondary out. Well, we got a pro ball player back in there to leave his back. He's been out since week three. So I just can't be more excited. Yeah, James, you're right. The leadership, you mentioned it. I think that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, McVay talked about it again in his press conference, mentioning him coming back not only as a player but as a leader. I mean, he was chosen as a captain in his first year under these guys, so they respect him. That's going to be a big presence back on the field for us this week in Detroit, and it's a nice little matchup to come back to too. Nothing too crazy, uh, you know, obviously on the road, but something that hopefully Tlaib will match up well against. What we're going to do, James, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back after a quick word from some sponsors. This is the Tuesday episode. Bear Motter, James Kroger, will be right back after this. All right, Rams Nation, before we get to the next segment, I am super stoked about this next partner that we have for the podcast. I talked to you. I've teased it a little bit. I've told you that we're going to have a live watch party, but this is what's going down. If you're looking for a pre- or post-game spot, the place to go is Tom Urban's. It's a jump shot from the Staples Center and a swing pass from the Coliseum. Monday through Friday, anything that pours is half off. Plus, from 10 p.m. to close, Sunday through Thursday, you can get the same deal. It's their late-night happy hour. It's like a reverse of happy hour. You get it late at night. Tom's Urban has a huge local beer selection and a revamped menu from everything from traditional honey barbecue wings to the adventurous duck wings, and they are delicious. Whatever your palate, Tom's has you covered. Tom's Urban is the best spot pre and post for any event downtown LA Live. Make sure to ask for Harrison and have him tell you about the U-Pour floor and to explore the 50 taps 
and the second floor of self-service pint possibilities. That's right, self-service pints. You get to pour your own beer. Did I hear 50 taps and self-service? Hello. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. Go to tomsurban.com backslash Locked On for the special offer exclusive to Locked On Network. And don't forget, we're having our watch party this Sunday, Rams versus the Lions. We're going to be hosting a live podcast down there. I've got tons of prizes to give away. Come down. We've got a special offer, $15 for a beer and wings. It's going to be awesome. Come join us. Watch the game. We're going to do a podcast. Get your questions in. I've got tons of prizes to give away. You better be there. I'm going to be talking about it all week. Tom's Urban, downtown L.A., Go to tomsurban.com backslash locked on for more information. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. It's the Tuesday edition. I've got my man, James Kroger, the man, the myth, the Kroger is with us. And you know what it is. It is Big Ups. Big Ups Tuesday, where we take questions from you, the listener. We answer them here live on the podcast. Give you a shout out. Say thanks for reaching out. I'm going to start with our man, Mike Cook, always delivering with a great question. And here's what Mike has to say. And James, I'll throw it to you first, and then we'll kind of debate this a little bit. He says, looking at the remaining schedule, which opponent are you most concerned about? Mike says, I'm looking at the Bears in Chicago. Easily the toughest defense the Rams will face all season. The Bears' offense is pretty mediocre, but the Rams' defense has not been as expected. Of course, Tlaib will be back. Depending on how the Rams play their starters the last couple weeks, I feel like we finished 15-1, 14-2. James, what are your thoughts? And I'll give you the rundown because Mike was so Nice to leave us with the schedule. I didn't have to leave the page here. We play at Detroit, at Chicago, come home for Philadelphia. Then we go on the road to Arizona and finish home for San Francisco. Talk to me about how you feel about that remaining schedule. What's tough about it? How do you feel? Oh, dude, Mike, good question. And a little factoid here. Our future opponents are 19 and 31. So, uh, you know, hey, 15-1, it could happen. Oh, oh. But to answer the question, I have to completely agree with Mike because the Bears' defense is super scary. They have Mac and a lot of threats, and they've just been looking really good, dude. And we're playing in Chicago at night. Is that a Sunday night game or a Monday night game? They flex Sunday that. night game. Yeah, they flex yeah, Sunday yeah. night. So, you know, I know it's a little bit cold over there, all these California boys. I don't know how well they do in the cold, but – I will have to say the Bears defense is probably what makes me shake my, the most in my boots right now because the rest of these teams, I mean, the Eagles are probably a close second, but at the same time, they haven't been doing that great. Lions, Cardinals, and definitely 49ers, not too worried about. But yeah, I got the Bears circled on my calendar. It's going to be a great night game, but what worries me about that is their defense and the fact that they're going to be in Chicago for that one in mid-December. 
Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I think Chicago's the the easy answer here for what makes most sense. They are the best football team. You did a little little factoid to jump in, so I'll do a little factoid too. The Rams' strength of schedule is now at five hundred, which is higher than any current playoff team except for the six seed Ravens. So we actually, as much as the the rest of our schedule looks pretty lame, if you look at it as a whole, we still have the best strength of schedule of any playoff team. Uh, that's in the hunt right now or currently sitting in the playoffs. So uh, thankfully, this is kind of what we deserved. You know, we needed to get a little couple easy games here. We've played some crazy tight games, crazy tough opponents all uh, in the playoff hunt. But Detroit, it's going to be a nice game. They just announced that um, I believe it's Marvin Jones Jr. is going to go on the IR. He was their stud wide Mm -hmm. receiver. They really don't have anybody on that side. They traded away. Uh, you know, their stud wide receiver, Golden Tate, earlier in the season. Uh, so they're not going to have a ton of weapons. Matt Stafford loves to push the ball down the field. He loves to try to, uh, you know, go into some tight windows. We'll have to lead back. So hopefully our defense can come out, get a victory back on the road, kind of get back on that road victory mentality. And then you're right, into Chicago, cold December game. The nice thing is, if you remember not too far back, the Rams were in a very, very, very cold game. Actually, I think it was one of the coldest ones in the NFL in, in like, 50 years or something ridiculous like that when we were in Denver. It was stinking cold. They came out with the win there. They know how to play in the cold. Yes, down by Chicago, a little different down by the lake there with the breeze and, uh, you know, night game. It's going to really feel that way. And that defense plays a little bit better than what we saw earlier in the season when we faced the Denver Broncos. But, man, that's going to be another fun matchup to watch in the NFC. You're right about Philadelphia. I think that's probably our next closest matchup that we can get a little worried about. They're not the Philadelphia of last year, but they are coming off a big win in their division. They still have their uh, first place in their division in sight. They're not too far. That whole division is just kind of clobbered around 500. So Philadelphia, three weeks from now, might be in a better position than they are now. Again, having the home field advantage. Uh, having played them again last year, really close game. Obviously, we were the ones that knocked out Carson Wentz, uh, and we thought maybe that was going to be our key to the victory. But then see, we saw the beginning of what Nick Foles was going to be the rest of the season. Uh, and then we finished with Arizona and San Francisco. You think you got to hope we mop up, and the only reason we wouldn't mop up is if for some reason Sean McVay decides that he wants to rest the starters again. But this kind of leads into my question, James. If we are sitting here and we're going into the last game, San Francisco at home, just like we did last year, and us and the Saints are still right there neck and neck, or maybe we need to win to go and, and get that home field advantage, do you think he plays the starters, or how would you do Would you do that differently, or would you do the same? Such a tough question because you know that we're going to obviously win the division at that point, and what we did last year is we we rested the starters and then we came out with a loss in the playoffs. So everybody may think that taking that break could have negatively influenced the team. I, I don't know. I maybe we can do something like play them in the first half, uh, you know, maybe first quarter, most of second quarter, something like that, just to just to keep the oil on the gears and everybody loose and you know not have to worry about any injuries or anything like that later in the game. But I'd like to see people play and I hope that we kind of just keep everybody. Nice and warm going into the to the playoffs this year. Well, let's let's move on to this next question here. This next one comes from Frankie Alcazar Jr. He said, "How much of a role should we expect Aqib Talib have in our defensive game plan versus the Lions this week?" Your thoughts? 
I think he's going to have a huge role. And, you know, obviously one of the, the Lions' main receivers is out. But, you know, Matthew Stafford can be a really great quarterback. And, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier in the show, on top of just the skills he's going to bring, the leadership and communication that he's going to apply to to this defense is really going to allow them to build that chemistry again. It's been a long time, 10 weeks, since they've all been on the field together. So I think the the biggest role that he's going to have is is showing that leadership and and getting everybody together with him in that role moving forward as we need him, you know, talking about the remainder of the season and going into the playoffs. So Tlaib, uh, I think his biggest role right now is not so much making huge defensive plays, but rather, he, you know, adding to a major veteran element to this defense yeah you're right I think it's getting back on that same page so if there's a matchup that suits us well which it sounds like the Lions kind of are doing obviously we mentioned Tate's gone Marvin Jones is gone that leaves Galladay as they're really their only wide receiver he has 804 yards on the season five touchdowns behind that it's like Ellington TJ Jones who I don't even know who that is uh, Andy Jones, maybe his brother. I don't know. Th- those guys combined only have about 150 yards together. So it really drops off at the number one wide receiver. But maybe that allows to leave a good matchup to get back into it, to start working on that, that verbal communication you mentioned as far as the leadership goes, getting back on the same page with those guys there. McVay's never been a big, like, pitch count guy or like, oh, we're going to get him 20 snaps and then he's done. Like, if you're ready to go, you're ready to go. Think back to when – Peters hurt his leg that same game that Tlaib did and we thought man we lost both one and two and then on a short week Peters came out and played the whole game and he played halfway decent that game and I think if you're ready if you look Sean McVay in the face say I'm playing today he's gonna go okay I'm gonna play just as I would he's had eight weeks to get ready I think he's been healthy for the past couple weeks it's just been kind of under the table it's because you know it's not something we're talking about but I think if he's in he's gonna play as much as almost the whole game so I expect a big roll out of him and really kind of getting back together with that unit. Uh, moving on here, got a couple more questions. Thank you, Frankie, for that one. Big ups! All right, our next question comes from Rich Jenkins. Rich, big ups! I'm wondering why we don't have a little story or two with Corey Littleton and Marcus Peters. Weird question, but hey, they were teammates at Washington, right? Now, this is a good question. I actually had to look this up. James, I know me and you both kind of have some University of Washington ties we both probably have a purple W shirt somewhere deep in our closet. Uh, it was just Apple Cup this last weekend, and they were up at Washington State, and it was in the snow, and we, we've experienced a, f- a couple of those Apple Cups. We'll save that for another podcast. Earmuffs, everybody. Uh, but, no, we had a good time out there. And you are right. They were teammates for, for a quick time. Uh, Corey Littleton was a senior, and I think he graduated 2015. Marcus Peters last year was 2014. Uh, he played eight games that year. He was suspended one game for having kind of a tirade on the sideline. And then even before he came back, uh, more stuff came out. And he was at basically just relieved from the team. He came out in the draft the next year. So there was some time that they were together. Uh, I don't know why we don't talk about that more. I mean, there's actually a I coming. Mean, as you get to NFL, a lot of teams have, you know, a lot of guys from the same team uh, playing together. I mean, just look most recently, um, another alum, Mr. James Kroger of Eastern Washington, Cooper Cup, and Samson Ibukum, both coming from Eastern mm-hmm. Washington, drafted the same year. Because I, I think they went up to kind of take a look at Cooper Cup. He was getting a lot of noise in the re- receiving game, and they also kind of stumbled upon 
uh, Ibukum, which ended up working out really great for us. But there's a couple of those uh, situations on our team. But you're right. We, we never really talk about Marcus Peters. I, I think because also Marcus Peters comes from a background of he's not really repping UW all the time. You know, he got kicked off the team. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that connection doesn't come up a lot because he's not, you know, big time into the college he's from. But, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. i got a couple more fan questions from you guys I want to get to. Then me and James are just going to quickly turn the page into Detroit and talk about that a little bit. Then we're out of here, man. we got a crossover show tomorrow, so make sure to uh, keep up for that. We've got the Locked On Lions coming in. We're going to have a great conversation. i got some stuff to pick his brain, uh, see what he thinks. Saw a little Jeopardy thing today I found pretty funny. Hang in tomorrow for that. We'll be right back after this. James Kroger, Bear Motter, Locked On Rams Tuesday. More after this. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment, Locked On Rams Tuesday. I'm your host, Bear Motter. Five days a week, your team every day, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are very, very honored today. We've got my man with us. Mr. James Kroger. James, I got a couple more questions I kind of want to toss your way. One I think is going to be kind of fun. And I actually want to give up big ups to Clarence Tolliver. He actually asked basically the same question. What impact do you think Tlaib will have on the defense? I think we covered that pretty well. I think more of his leadership role is one of those things. Obviously, the lockdown corner aspect is what we're really excited about, allowing Peters to kind of go back into that uh, Rome situation and, and go make plays and not have to follow the number one wide receiver all over the field it kind of allows him to get back into making some plays and James hopefully that plays out to your bet we want to get you a Rams jersey from the Seahawkers podcast so hopefully that helps out there but I wanted to give Clarence a shout out because he's always reaching out to us so I appreciate the question but our next big ups goes to Randy Robinson and he asked what does Jared Goff have to do to get more respect he is consistently overlooked. And James, you're our guest. I'll let you take this. I've got a few thoughts on it. So just kind of talk to me about what you think and, and take Randy's question there. Great question, Randy. And I totally agree. I think Goff needs so much more respect in the NFL. You take a look at the accuracy that this guy has and ugh, making big plays. Speaking of big plays, we're actually second right now with 73 for uh, explosive plays, which is 15-plus yards in a rush or 20-plus yards in a reception. The Chiefs are actually number one with 77 of those. But what kind of scares me is the Chargers are right below us, biting out our heels with 72, and then the Buccaneers and Saints. I was surprised about the Buccaneers there. But um, I think Jared Goff, you're right, is consistently overlooked. And I think the real reason behind that is let's think back to the draft when he was – Picked number one overall. He didn't play. 
uh, you know, until the end of the season. And when he did play, it was ugly. But then we saw Carson Wentz go into potential MVP candidacy, help bring his team to the Super Bowl. Obviously, he got hurt by us. But you look at those two quarterbacks coming out of the draft, and Carson Wentz was way more exciting there. And then when you see Goff finally excel, everybody kind of points their finger to the addition of Sean McVay calling him a system quarterback and somebody that just fits well with the system. I obviously a lot of us in Rams nation completely disagree with that because we're seeing the skill set that Goff is able to bring to the table. Sean McVay can't throw those passes for him that are very accurate. So I don't agree that he's a system quarterback. And then you look at this team as a whole, uh, you know, Jared Goff isn't the the big name on the team. We have Todd Gurley. We have Aaron Donald. We have Tlaib and Mark Peters on the defensive side of the ball and Dominican Sue. So you don't point to this squad and say, you know, just immediately uh, national, when you're, you know, looking at it on a national level, just pinpoint him as the reason for all of our success. So unfortunately, he's kind of been called that system quarterback. And even though a lot of us, yes, completely agree with that, but just hasn't really had that chance to get that spotlight. And you look at kind of this year specifically, Drew Brees is killing it. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been a huge story of a breakout, amazing quarterback. He's been looking so good. And I think Goff kind of just gets, you know, pushed under the rug a little bit and completely overlooked. So Randy, I totally agree with your question. I think he's got to get more love and maybe when we're 15 and one he'll start to get talked about a bit more yeah james lots of great points that you made there and i want to kind of you know uh, piggyback on a couple and then kind of go a couple a little different direction on a couple as well but i think one of the things you said was we've got so many other superstars on the team i think that's a big part of it aaron donald and on that defensive side takes a lot of attention away on some of the things that he's doing as far as setting us up for position just making crazy mm-hmm. plays there's talks i mean we got a little Rams Nation here saying that he should be the MVP of the season, that he is just unbelievable, mm-hmm. hands-down defense player of the year, potential maybe talking his way if he can get up near that sack uh, record into being in the conversation for an MVP race. I don't think they'll ever give it to him. I don't know the last defensive player that won an MVP, but I'm sure it's a long, long time ago. <coughs> uh, and then Todd Gurley, who for a while had, what, 13 games in a row with a touchdown, he leads the NFL in touchdown. He's now behind Zeke in yardage, but only due to the bye week. I think when he gets back on track a little bit, he's going to go back and get that. But there was talks about him for an MVP. So I think he just gets almost lost on his own team. You also mentioned Sean McVay, what he's created as far as an amazing coach, the way he schemes things. And so he just has all those things kind of shadowing him here. Uh, one of the comments that kind of followed in this was by uh, – Dan Flugel, and he said, I feel that he has continually earned more and more respect each week this year. And I got to agree with that. You know, at the beginning of the year, there were mm-hmm. still kind of some doubts. You know, we saw what he did last year, and people started to understand that he's a good quarterback. And obviously, that system thing was still going around. But every week that he continues to make, you know, some crazy throws, some big wins, you know, that Thursday nighter against Minnesota continued to pour on. I think it was five touchdowns. People were kind of blown away. Oh my God, this guy can throw the ball on point down the field. Uh, you mentioned the big plays, second in the NFL with big plays. I think continue to see that, the big plays against uh, Kansas City allowed him to kind of get a little bit more publicity on his own. Uh, the great thing about this is, and here's kind of my overwhelming thing here, is you know, you got to win some Super Bowls in this, in this league to, to get really thrown in the mix, right? You're looking, I saw a, a thing that came, I think it was NFL Fox posted on Twitter and it was like, who's your MVP candidate? And it put, like, Drew Brees, Mahomes. It had Ben Roethlisberger up there. It had Matt Ryan at the <laughs> time. It had all these guys. Oh. And I'm thinking, like, 
where's Jared Goff? If you're going to put Ben Roethlisberger up, you're not going to put up Jared Goff. But I think there's something about being an elite, quote-unquote, elite quarterback when you've won a Super Bowl, when you've been in the playoffs multiple years, when you've gone not only to the playoffs, but you've gone deep into the playoffs. Maybe you're not in the Super Bowl every year like Tom Brady, but when you start to be there and you start to be like, wow, this guy's a force, I think it's still so early in his career that national media and people that are still so strung out on Drew Brees, who's having a great season, and strung out on Tom Brady, who's still being consistent at age 42 or however old he is, that you get caught up in that and you start to go, oh, well, Jared Goff's going to be around for a while. His time's going to come. Let me still you know, fuss over these guys because, wow, they're old. Yeah. Drew Brees is short, and how do they do this? And look at the arm, and look at the accuracy. While he's doing the same things, he's just so young in his career, and I know people are still overwhelmed with Patrick Mahomes, and he's been up there. I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes does not have a Todd Gurley in the backfield to eat up 14, 15 touchdowns, whatever he's got on the season. Uh, so a lot of those are going to Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. arms. You know, you look at Todd Gurley's got, what, 10 12 touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. Patrick Mahomes has just amount of those in touchdown passes inside the 10. So uh, stat-wise, I understand why Mahomes is in it because he's kind of putting up crazy numbers because his team and his system really needs him to do that. Jared Goff doesn't have to do that. I mean, if, if, if McVay wanted to call it that way, I'm sure he could have just as many touchdowns, but it's just not going that way for him right now. The nice thing is, and this is the big umbrella picture, is no one cares in that locker room, and that's what I love. It's a we, not me. Jared Goff doesn't care that no one's talking, not talking about him for MVP. He's going out there winning ball games, and Sean McVay is, uh, has got so into all their brains on this, like, one play at a time, one game at a time. Uh, they asked him even today, like, what's it like going over to Detroit with this great record? You can win the NFC West. And he was like, you know what? I got to give credit to my guys. We're not worried about being – uh, 11 and one. We're worried about being one and zero this week, and I think we're so stuck on that that I know the national media. I don't really care about the national media. They're going to have to eat all those words. They're going to have two weeks before the Super Bowl to talk about Jared Goff and how he is an elite quarterback. So his time will come. I think it's going to come with consistency, being in the playoffs, and doing it multiple years. And he's going to have another opportunity this week against the defense that's kind of banged up, but well, basically a whole team that's kind of banged up. Uh, they look. They they held their own on Thanksgiving versus the Bears. We're talking about the Lions now, but um, the, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, the Bears' offense isn't really the Rams' offense. So it's going to be a rude awakening for them. They're going to have to, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, you got to really to beat the Rams. You got to hold, you know, you really got to hold them under thirty points. And there's not many teams that have done this this year. So James, with this matchup, we're heading to Detroit. Talk to me. It's a ten point my bookie spread right now. Uh, I, I don't want to ask if you're nervous, but what are your thoughts on this game and maybe how you, how you see this one you know, playing out, maybe a score prediction, thoughts on the game? Oh, dude, I honestly haven't had much thoughts on this game because it's not really something on the schedule that I've highlighted as anything to be too concerned about. I'm really excited that the Rams are going to be back playing this week. I got to tell you, it was a Sunday mostly without football for me um, this week, but I'm happy to watch them play. But honestly, dude, I think we're going to start off with a – uh, we could be up, you know, 17-20 by halftime and just kind of take it slow after that. I think we're going to start off strong and then just kind of finish them off. It'll be a good opportunity to see what this defense does now that it, uh, Tlaib is back against Matthew Stafford, who does have 17 touchdowns this season and 2,800 yards. So, you know, it might be a good soft test 
to bring him back into the schedule. I think it's pretty solid spot to have him come back in that he can, you know, kind of come on uh, where he's not so imperative to the game. So definitely interested to watch Talib and how he responds being back on the field. But I think we're going to score a lot early and then kind of take it slow in the second half. And, you know, I think Stafford and team are going to try to make that comeback happen in the second half and it just won't quite get there. So not stressed about it at all. I think we'll beat the spread. And, um, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. So it's nice to have a game to feel pretty good about because we've had a couple nail biters and things that have really stressed us out. The Seahawks stress us out. KC stressed us out. New Orleans stressed us out. And now here is this game where it seems like all of us, and I'm with you, not too worried about it, right? You said, I didn't circle on my calendar. I haven't given it much thought. Now we're coming out of a bye, and McVay, you know, as a head coach, is one to know out of the bye. It's not a, a deep stat there, but – uh, you expect that he's a guy that could come out of a bye that just uses that to his advantage. But you could also look at this and be like, it's a weird trap game. You hear that a lot. But, you know, we got the Bears next. We're, we're kind of already looking over to, you know, see that matchup. And they asked McVay about it. He even answered a little bit before he kind of quickly came back to this game. But uh, do you see any danger that the Rams could come out flat after the bye and, and kind of overlook the Lions? No. Um, I, I see, you know, Goff could have a couple overthrows, inaccuracies. I see defensively. I don't think there's going to be any damage done defensively. I think these guys are super hungry right now and ready to continue to prove themselves. I know they won't, they don't want to get 50 scored against them again. So they're going to have to, uh, work harder on stopping this offense is going to give them a good opportunity to do so. But no, I don't see the weaknesses here that are going to be negatively affecting our team at all. All right. I love it. I needed that because uh, it's creeping in my head a little bit as we get a little excited here. So I'm going to be kind of – I'm excited to kind of talk to the Locked On Lions tomorrow. Guys, make sure to check that out. And also, make sure to go give my man a follow at jkroger3 Twitter. Uh, you can find him at Rams Podcast. We're going to do another one of those tomorrow. I'm going to let James record it this time because uh, it didn't go so well for me last time. So expect another Rams podcast coming very soon from us. Uh, we'll go back to that game, talk a little bit about that, a little Mexico trip still, and then go into the Lions game. But, James, thank you so much. Guys, you know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation, peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.